Well, good morning. I'm Pastor Kyle Thompson. So glad to have you with us today in worship, whether you're with us in the room here in our traditional space or joining us from upstairs in our modern sanctuary or watching online or listening to our podcast. It's great that we have all these ways to worship together, but one church united uh, to serve Jesus. And so thank you for being here. Uh, we're beginning a new sermon series today called All Hands on Deck, in which we're going to be talking about uh, the various uh, core values of our church and what it means to follow Jesus here at South Park Church. Uh, and each Sunday, I'm going to be inviting people from the congregation who are living out these core values to be in a discussion with me. And so uh, if you'll join me in welcoming Guy and Cheryl today, they're, they're stepping out of their comfort zone. So let's give them a hand. It be a little nerve-wracking being in front of people today, but we're going to be talking about generosity uh, and Guy and Cheryl are very generous in the way that they serve God here. So, Guy, Cheryl, thanks for being here. Uh, it's gl we're glad to have you with us. Thank you. And uh, just like we, maybe to begin to ask you, how long have you been coming to the church, and what are some of the ways that you serve God here? Well, Kyle, I have a long history with this church. I first started attending almost 40 years ago with my young daughter. And then several years later, my parents retired in Charlotte. They were long active members of the Methodist Church, and they began attending with me as well. And we actually all joined the church on the same day and would look forward to our Sundays um, together at church. But years passed, and um, due to work responsibilities and then caring for them as elderly parents, my attendance stopped. But a faithful member of this church, uh, you might remember Joe McClellan, he got me back to the church in 2006. And I've been attending regularly ever since, and I am so thankful for Joe and for this church. Um, you'll find that Guy and I serve in very different capacities in a few minutes. But I was asked a number of years to lead outreach ministry. and. I just didn't know what that was all about, but as Kyle explained last year, or last week, um, we have we're so many needs in our community that we have really narrowed that down to four focus areas with a couple of partners in each to have the most impact. And I work with five subleads, coordinators in those different areas to plan, coordinate, schedule, um, activities, recruit volunteers, write news articles, just a variety of things. I personally have um, volunteered at Pinewood Elementary. I serve at the men's shelter every month that I'm in town. And I um, have led this week or, or this year, I have coordinated our Rise Against Hunger event, our medical equipment drive, uh, our trip to Haywood Church. Um, so just a number of ways I'm involved from an outreach perspective, but I'm also the lead for our transportation ministry, which provides rides to our church members, to church, to doctor appointments, whatever is needed. And I'm on the hospitality team as a greeter and absolutely love greeting. And I tell Jenny all the time, just let me know where I can help. I want to be involved wherever I can. Well, thanks, Cheryl. You're serving God in a lot of tremendous ways here. Thank you. Okay. Thank you, Kyle. Um, I was baptized and joined the church in, on Easter Sunday, 2011, about two weeks after both Cheryl and I retired from Duke Energy. Growing up and through most of my adult life, I didn't attend church. So my spiritual and church knowledge and background is, at the time especially, was slim to none. 
the things that I knew about the Bible were principally limited to those few Bible stories that I heard as a kid. Um, but a few years into my relationship with Cheryl, particularly after she began re coming back to church in 2006, she grabbed me by the ear one Sunday and said, you are coming to church with me. And being the smart fellow that I am, I said, yes, dear. <laughs> so, so I would go on Easter and Christmas and a few Sundays here and there. And over the years, I be began to know some of you folks and began to know Christ. And ultimately, I accepted Christ and joined the church, as I said, in 2011. And I really do truly believe that God led me to Cheryl, and Cheryl brought me to Christ. It, it, talking about talents, as Cheryl said, I, the way we both serve the church is completely different. Given that I don't have a huge spiritual background, my talents come into play in helping the business of the church. In 2013, as Kyle was leading us in implementing that bold new vision, he asked me to serve on a small team of himself, um, Tom Griffin, and Tim Cool, and we had the primary responsibility to lead the negotiations with Childress Klein on the sale of the land and the development of the, this apex development. So with that said, I'm currently our greeter on the fourth Sunday team, and I serve as chairman of the board of the Church's Property Owners Association and, and the manager of the commercial LLC, a subsidiary of the church charged with managing <clears throat> the leases and the tenants that we have in there. Basically, I'm the landlord. And if you've never been a landlord, don't try it. So <laughs> it has its own challenges. And obviously, since Cheryl is, a, uh, is the lead of the outreach reach team, uh, I'm involved with a number of outreach activities. My favorite is working at the men's shelter the third Monday of uh, every month, where Cheryl and I join Buck and other of you that volunteer serving several hundred men. It's just a fun time, and I would encourage each of you to sign up for it. And if you're not really familiar with all the outreach events that the church does that Cheryl mentioned, be sure to look in the crossroads. There's a number of pictures on the wall that were taken over the last few years of each of those events or several of those events that we have held. It's a good time. Well, Guy and Cheryl, you serve God in very different ways and you have different gifts. And that just is a great example that all of us have something to offer. You're very generous with your time and your talent and also financially to the church. Uh, why is that? Why, why do you do what you do for God here? Well, Kyle, until I became active, I had no idea what it takes to make a vibrant church successful. I was really quite surprised to learn all the different skills and experiences and gifts and talents that really aren't obvious at all. And it takes not only staff, but a lot of volunteers. Um, when I was asked a number of years to do the outreach role, I was like, well, what church experience do I have to bring to that role? But I actually quickly learned that my organizational skills and my management skills from the business world were a real asset. And that, coupled with my passion for giving back, which is what I wanted to do when I retired, it was just a perfect fit for me. Guy and I uh, travel a lot, and I've found that I can keep things moving and be involved no matter where I'm at. 
Um, so it really works well for me. I, being actively involved, I've developed so many meaningful relationships with the congregation, with our outreach partners, um, and also just being able to give back in so many different ways. The personal rewards to me have far exceeded anything I thought possible. Now, I will tell you that every year I do pray about whether I should continue in this role because it takes a lot of time and I have other commitments. Um, but God encourages me every year to continue to be generous with my time and with my money. And I was been very unfortunate, very fortunate in my career. And I give financially to God and this church is a real joy in my life. I know that my gifts, combined with all of your gifts, really make a difference in the programs that we can provide here at the church, and we are able to help a lot of people. And my just whole church experience has been enriched by being actively involved. Thank you, Cheryl. That's awesome. Christ taught us to, to serve, and I take that seriously. Also, for me personally, doing the right thing is a is a big motivator in the choices that I make. So between, so it is the right thing to serve others through the church, and that's my primary motivation for accepting those roles that the church has extended to me. But just as importantly is the joy that I get out of the friendships that I have with you, the congregation. And that, that, that brings me, it fills my heart with joy. And I would encourage each of you to take the time to build those friendships with others in the congregation, but it, because it's through those friendships that as the church faces challenges in the future, which we will, we'll be stronger and better able to meet those challenges. Well, God, thank you for you know challenging folks and encouraging them. I guess maybe the last thing that I would ask you is, you two are just like everybody who's out here in the seats or watching online. You're part of our congregation. You're real everyday people. You have busy lives. What would you advise someone who's here today who's thinking about, wow, I'd like to get involved in the church, maybe take a next step, uh, either in giving to the church or serving in the church? What, what would you say to them to encourage them? Well, I would encourage them to explore ways that you might possibly get more involved if you aren't already. Um, you, I think you'll be surprised at how your unique gifts and your personality will be a good fit and be just what is needed in a particular area of our church. And you'll find that your financial gifts are really help make what programs we have here at church possible. And as I said, help a lot of people. Um, it's just a joy to be able to give back financially as well as with your time. So I would say be a part of the exciting vision and exciting things that are happening here at South Park Church. Each of you in the room has talents that God, through the church, can use to serve others. When I joined the church, and, and I, I'm being completely honest with you, when I joined the church, I thought that I would have never had it in me to be able to do anything for the church that had meaning or value. I knew that I could be there on Sundays, I could, could commit to that, but I truly didn't think there was any other way that I can help. Then one day, early in my time with the church, John Roach came to me and said, God, we, need a, we got an usher opening. We need you to be an usher. 
So I said, God has got this wrong. He wants me to usher. Yeah, I don't even know anything about church. But I chose to do the right thing and serve God, and I said yes. Sometime after that, May Reese came to me and, and to Brad and Reinhardt and asked us both to, to form a setup team, a coffee team, so we'd come into the church early on Sundays and make coffee and get everything set up so we could in the narthex so we could all enjoy each other after the service. And again, God's got it wrong. He doesn't want me to especially make coffee. And besides, I needed my sleep. But, uh, <laughs> but Brad and I both did the right thing to serve, and we said yes. A bit beyond that, David Rue came to me and said, Guy, we have an opening as a trustee, and would you be willing to fill that opening? And I said, David, I don't know anything about buildings. I'm, you know, I'm not an engineer. And again, another situation where God may have, in fact, made a really bad decision. But um, I did the right thing and chose to serve and said yes. And then ultimately, when Kyle asked me to serve on this small team to handle the negotiations with Childress Klein, on the sale of the land and the development of Apex, I said, God is clearly off his rockers asking me to do that. I mean, that is clearly outside my, my skill range, but I think I, I made the right decision and chose to serve and said yes to Kyle. And so the lesson that I learned and the message that I have for you is God really has a plan to bring greater purpose to all our lives. We simply have to be patient, and be willing to take that first step and those other little steps to let that greater purpose be achieved. Amen. Well, Guy and Cheryl, as your friend and pastor for 10 years serving together, it has brought me a lot of joy to see you use your God-given abilities to serve Jesus in this community. So again, thank you for stepping out of your comfort zone uh, and for your example and speaking with us today. Let's give them another round of applause. My oldest son, Luke, uh, he's 14, just finished up his driver's education at school. He took the online uh, book work kind of stuff, and he just has done his driving portion of that. And so Laura and I are very grateful that it all went very smoothly. Uh, I'd taken him to some local parking lots to get him ready for all that kind of stuff, and then dropped him off for the first time a few weeks ago to drive with his driving instructor from his high school, and this guy's name is Coach Dean. And so immediately that day, Coach Dean took Luke out on the road and had him out driving. And within uh, a couple of uh, these times out, had him on 485, Interstate 45, just doing things that I never would have imagined that was Luke was able to do. And, um, you know, I don't know what they pay Coach Dean, <laughs> but I know it's not enough, <laughs> right? And so you think about a stressful job every day going in to teach young teenagers how to drive for the very first time. But... It was really cool to begin to, to meet Coach Dean and, and talk to him a little bit and see that, you know, he really has something to offer our community. 
And he did a great job with Luke, and I know he did a great job with other students. And without him and other people like him, like, we would be in serious trouble, right? If it was up to me and Laura to teach other teen drivers how to drive, I don't think that that was going to work, right? So, like, without him and other people like him, we would be missing out on something important. And then I think there's somewhere deep down in these instructors uh, that they enjoy what they're doing that they can look and say, look at the hundreds or the thousands of young people who are driving cars safely because I took the time to be with them. And I just, I, my hat's off to, to folks like that. And uh, it got me to think, right? Uh, if Coach Dean made such an impact on my son, right? What about you and me, right? Do we have something to offer our community? Do we have something to offer our church? Do we have something that we can offer God? I absolutely believe that we do. And today I want us to think about that and what, what it is, just like Guy and Cheryl have been gifted to serve God in different ways, what gifts has God given to you to be able to serve God and to serve our community? And so I'd like to go into Scripture today. We're going to be in the New Testament, and we're going to read uh, something from the Apostle Paul, who was a first century pastor, and he started a lot of churches in the Mediterranean world, and he would write letters to these churches after he went to start another church. And those letters were collected and now make up most of the New Testament. And so he's writing to a church called Corinth in the town or city of Corinth, which would be in modern-day Greece. Uh, and he's writing to people like you and me about how we all have something to offer God. So let's see what Paul says to us today. Just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ, right? The church is the body of Christ in the world. We make up the parts of that body. For we were all baptized by one spirit so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. Right? We are all parts of the body of Christ. Now, if the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I don't belong to the body, it would not, for that reason, stop being part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not be, for that reason, stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear... Where would the sense of smell be? Some of us are eyes, some of us are ears, some of us are hands, some of us are feet, some of us are the lungs, some of us are the heart. Right? What part of the body are you? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? We can't just be an eye, can't just be a hand. As it is, there are many parts, but one body. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. Right? So Paul is saying that the church is the body of Christ in the world until Jesus comes back from heaven in the second coming. And all of us who follow Jesus as part of the church make up the body of Christ. So when the world needs to see the body of Christ, the world looks to us. That's a high calling, isn't it? And the church needs all of us. Right? All of you have been given different gifts. Right? Some are called to teach, some are called to preach, some are called to sing, some are called to run our audiovisual. some are called to work with students, some do adults, some are called to, to be the landlord, some are called to serve coffee, some are called to feed the hungry. Right? All of us play an important role. So in your life, what does that look like? What gifts do you have and how might you be willing to serve God here in this church? 
right? Because I think three things come out when we think about serving God in the church that are important for us to look at, right? One is that you have something to offer to make a difference, right? You have a special gift or multiple gifts to help make a difference in our community and for Jesus in the world, right? Secondly, something important is missing without you, right? If you're not involved, if you're withholding your gifts, right? If you're the eye, how can we see? If you're the ear, how can we hear, right? Something important is missing if you're not using your gifts to serve God through the church and in the community, and then finally, right, you get to be a part of something bigger than yourself, right? We're in the life transformation business. Our world is going through a lot of hard times right now and need good news, and we have the good news of Jesus, but it takes all of us to make that possible, right? So we get to be a part of something bigger than ourselves. We get to help transform our community and our world for Jesus. That's, that's impressive, right? So it's not like we have to do this. We get to do this, right? It's something that we are allowed to do. So what gifts do you have and how might you be willing to use them like Guy and like Cheryl to serve God through the ministries of our church? Well, let's stick with Paul in his letter to the Corinthians uh, and see what it says to us who follow Christ here in the South Park Church. Now he's going to start talking a little bit about sharing our money with God. Now about the collection for the Lord's people, do what I told the Galatian churches to do, right? What other churches are doing. On the first day of every week, each one of you should set aside a sum of money in keeping with your income, saving it up so that when I come, no collections will have to be made. The Christians, the followers of Jesus who were in Jerusalem, were going through a very hard time economically. And so Paul's going to the other churches saying, could you take up an offering? And I will take it to the Christians who were in Jerusalem who were, who were in trouble. Right? And so in scriptures, we're encouraged to give financially to God. Right? And to give to God uh, because God has given to us first. Right? Everything is really God's. We're stewards of that. We take care of that. We're called to bring our gifts together so that we can have ministry to help others. Right? And when we read Scripture, I think a couple, well, actually three things kind of pop up when we think about supporting God's ministries financially. And they all start with the letter P. All right? Let's check this out. Right? The three P's of giving. One is priority. Right? The Bible says that as we serve God with all that we are, that our financial priority should be giving to God first, right? The first check that we write each month, the first draft that we do or however we give, could go to God, right? Because everything comes from God. God should be the first priority. It shouldn't be what's left over at the end of the day. We start by giving to God first, right? The second thing is that it's personal. It's between us and God, right? It has nothing to do with Pastor Kyle. It has nothing to do with the leadership team. It has nothing to do with the person sitting in the pew next to me unless we share an income, right? It's a personal commitment to God. God, you've done this for me. This is what I feel that I can do uh, to give you praise and thanks, right? And then finally, usually there's a percentage of giving, right? In Scripture, there's different things that we see. We see the, the number 10% a lot in the Old Testament. We're not bound to that because we're New Testament folks, uh, but it, it should be a, a percentage that we give to God, like our first offering, right? And I think 10% came up in the Bible because for lots of us, if we gave God the first 10% of our income, that's a huge sacrifice. That's saying, God, I really love and believe in you. I could use this 10%, but I, I want to give it back to you and say thank you and, and to use this for the ministry, Lord. I trust that I can live off the 90% or whatever, right? And so... 
But again, that's personal. For some of us, it might be 5%. For some of us, it might be 15% or 20%, right? Paul said, based on your income, right, what's the sacrificial gift that you can give to God and say, God, I trust you first with my money, right, which is really your money, and so I give that, that back to you, right? Because as Cheryl said, as we all collectively give to the church, then we can do more together than we can by ourselves. And sometimes I think, well, we, we think, well, I just I don't make enough money to, to make a difference, or, you know. And so I want to I think about that for a minute. I think all of us have something to offer God. I was reading a devotion uh, a couple of weeks ago that was really powerful. Uh, and it's about a small town in Kansas. And uh, the middle school and high school students uh, there make up about 300 kids total. They brought all the middle schoolers and high schoolers into the gymnasium. And they said, we had a special announcement for you. He said, there's a married couple who has ties to the community that really believe in you. And they've been blessed generously. And so for the next 25 years, everyone who graduates from high school in this town, they're going to pay their college tuition 100%. What an amazing gift. And wouldn't we all like to be able to do that, to have that much money to say, I'm going to pay for a whole community's education for 25 years, right? That would just be this incredible generous gift. And just think how good that would feel and know where your money's going. And, and I know that some of us who are here today or watching online could probably do something like that. And then there's many of us who can't do that. And I think of the story of Jesus in the Bible who said that he observed a, a, a widow who in the first century didn't really have an income. And she went up to the, their version of the church and dropped two pennies into the collection. And Jesus said, I know that doesn't look like a lot. He's like, but that, that means a tremendous amount. Because those two pennies were all that she had. And that's going to be a blessing to those who it goes together with other people's money to help other people. And she's saying, God, I trust you with 100% of what I have, right? And it's, I know some of us feel like the widow. We feel like we don't have two pennies to give to anybody, right? So on the one hand, some of us feel like the widow. On the other hand, some of us are financially blessed. And for many of us, we're kind of somewhere in between. But I think what the message is, is no matter what we've been given financially, when we give it to God with our hearts, it will make a difference. And we will be blessed in that process. I just got back recently from a, a couple of days field trip with my youngest son, Nathan. He's in the fifth grade, and we went to this camp in North Carolina, and we canoed and did all these things, and they learned about bugs and animals and water and stuff. And uh, one of the things that the kids all had to do at one point was every time we'd have, you know, three meals in the dining room, in the dining hall, you think an old rustic camp, you know, and and, and you'd think the kids would be like, huh, I don't want to do that, you know, because like, they have to go and get all the food. They have to serve their classmates. If they run out of food, they have to go back and get more of that. Then they have to clean up after, after everybody, right? And that, no one wants to do that. But these kids thought that was like being the president of the world, right? They couldn't wait. Like, am I a waiter? Is it my turn to do the waiter, right? You know, they just couldn't wait. They had so much fun bringing out the food, buzzing back and forth, cleaning up. Like, they just loved it. And it made me think about giving financially to the church. A lot of times we were like, I don't want to do that. Right? I want to keep my money. I don't want to let go of that. Right? Who wants to do that? But like Guy and Cheryl said, right, when we give our time and we give our talent, we give our treasure to God, we're like those little fifth graders who are just, wow, I get to do this. I get to make a difference. We're doing something for Jesus. Well, I know that many of you might be wondering, well, when I do give money to the church, what do we use that money for? What, what, what happens with that? So I want to share with you just a brief 
financial thing about our congregation. If you can bring that slide up. Uh, again, with money also, right? Same things. You have something to offer to make a difference. Something important is missing without you. And you get to be a part of something bigger than yourself. But let's jump to this slide. Here we go, right? So our, our annual budget this year is almost $1.2 million uh, that we spend to help people in the name of Jesus, right? From this campus, feeding people in the men's shelter to sharing the gospel with local elementary schools to going all the way to Haiti, right? It costs about $1.2 million. And of that, right, 727000 is what we project that you folks give to the church generously, which is amazing. Right? And then we also expect to bring in almost $390,000 from other income, right? from leasing out our space here at the church. Uh, to the, we have a digital sign that we use to lease out digital marketing there. Right? So one smart thing and faithful thing that I think we did when we rebuilt this campus uh, was to create other streams of revenue than just congregational giving. Right? And so I think that's been a good long-term solution. But you'll see that congregational giving still makes up just over 60% of what we do. So what you do give to the church is very important. Right? And this year's been, it's been a difficult year because we didn't have all of our space leased up and we're getting closer to getting all of that done. We have most of it leased now. Uh, and it's also been tight with inflation. So we've had to watch our spending carefully this year. We want to spend carefully what God has called you to give to the church. Right? So that's just kind of a snapshot of where we are. So as we think about generosity, giving our time, giving our talent, giving our treasure to God, well, I think ultimately the reason that we do this is that it's because we're generous because Jesus is generous first, right? right? Jesus is generous first. Jesus gives us everything. Jesus created the universe. Jesus created the world. Jesus gives us life, gives us breath in our lungs and our bodies. Jesus gives us the ability to, to work and serve in the world. Jesus gives us friends. Jesus gives us family. Jesus gives us people to love. Jesus gives us chocolate cake. Jesus gives us sunsets, right? Everything that we have is from God. So Jesus is generous, and we are created in God's image, right? So we're created like Jesus. We're created like God. So if God is a generous giver, that means in our DNA that we are also generous givers, in our DNA, we are generous givers of our time and our talent and our treasure because that's who God made us to be. And of course, we know that Jesus gave it all, right? He left heaven to come to the earth to be a human being while still remaining God. He gave his life on a cross to come back to life so that you and I can be forgiven the wrong things that we do. All the baggage of guilt and shame that we carry around in our lives we can let that go, and Jesus takes it from us. And he gives us a life that is full, and he creates intersections where we can interact with other people in the world and share the good news of Jesus. We can live forever in the kingdom of heaven, right? Jesus gave it all for us. And that's in our DNA too, right? So what's the point today? What's the big idea? What's the takeaway? I think it's this, right? We're generous because Jesus is generous. We are generous because Jesus is so incredibly generous to us, right? So as an action step, I'd like to invite you to think and pray about doing this. Be generous with your time, talent, and treasure, right? And to prayerfully make a commitment for 2023, right? How will you serve God with your time and talent next year? And how will you support the church financially next year, right? Make a commitment. So in three weeks from today, we're going to have a commitment Sunday, in which we'll invite you to make that commitment. Uh, 
outside of each sanctuary today, there are some forms that say Stewardship 2003, uh, and it lists everything in the church that you can be a part of, and it has a commitment card that says how you would like to serve next year and how you would like to give next year. We'd like to, you, for you to think and pray about that for three weeks, and in three weeks, bring that back. Uh, or you can mail it. We're going to send it out in the newsletter. You can email it back. Uh, or you can turn it in early, or you can put it in the boxes at the back or bring that by the church office. And again, this is confidential between you and God, uh, but just invite you to think and pray about what it is that God's calling us to do. Now, if you're new to the church, we don't want you to feel any pressure. Um, just want you to know what's going on, but we understand that you're new. You're still trying to check that out, but we don't want to deny you the opportunity to, to do what we believe God calls us to do as a congregation, right? So in three weeks, we'll have that opportunity to make a commitment to serve God in the world. So I'll leave you with this today. There's a phrase that uh, inspired this sermon series, and it comes from the nautical world, like from boats and ships, and it's all hands on deck. You ever heard that? You know what that means, right? On a ship, right, a hand is a person, right? And so the deck is the top of the boat where you can go out and see the sky and all that kind of stuff. And, and the captain will call out all hands on deck in times of serious need, uh, and, or danger or something's going on. And so all hands on deck means everybody needs to get up on the deck. We've got to work together to make sure that we're going to make it through the storm, right? As I think about the world right now, right, how challenging the world is in America and, and all around the world, right? They're, we're divided over everything in the world. We've got all these midterm elections coming up. There's a lot of stress about that. There's gun violence. There's kids falling behind in school. There are hungry people, right? There's wars around the world. The, there's national powers that, that are considered our enemies that are doing all kinds of things, right? It's a stressful place, right? In the world, America, Charlotte, South Park needs some good news. And we've got the good news. We've got the good news of Jesus, right? But it's kind of like Jesus is the captain. And he's saying, we need all hands on deck, right? We're stronger as a church when all of us are together. We're stronger as a community when we're all contributing with our time and our talent and our treasure. And so Jesus said, I need you now, right? The world needs to see good news. South Park needs to see good news. South Charlotte needs to see good news, right? And we've got that good news to say that God loves you, world. God created you in, in God's image. God has great plans for you, and we believe in that. And so we invest in that, right? with our time, our talent, and our treasure, right? So we are generous because Jesus is generous, right? Be generous with your time, talent, and treasure. Make a commitment for 2023. And Jesus is calling us to say, all hands on deck. We've got some lives to transform. And we get to do that together in the name of Christ. Amen. Let us pray together. Gracious and ever-loving God, we thank you for gifting us with talents and abilities and resources, financial resources, God. Thank you for Guy and Cheryl and the way that they shared uh, why it is they do what they do. And for all those in our congregation, God, who are serving and loving and, and giving, thank you for uh, John today, who's uh, on our AVL team for the very first time learning today, a great example of what we're, we're all about, God. And we just ask that you would help us to search our hearts to see how we could use our talents, God, to to serve you, how we might be able to financially support the ministries of the church because, God, you are such a generous God to us. And we pray for our world, God. There's a lot of good in the world, and we celebrate that. And we just pray, God, that you would use us uh, here at Apex South Park, that we'll see a lot of new friends and neighbors today with the blessing of the animals, and we can begin to establish some relationships. We pray for South Park and for Charlotte, God, and for 
North Carolina, for America, Lord, as we're getting ready to come into these midterm elections, God, that you would make this a peaceful process, that we would respect each other even when we disagree with each other politically, God. We pray for peace in the world, God, in Iran and in China and Taiwan and uh, Russia and the Ukraine, Lord, uh, all over the world. We pray for South Korea today, God, as over 150 teenagers and 20-year-olds were, were killed because uh, they were stuffed together in a place. There were too many of them, God. I just can't imagine the, the sadness that's there today, and they need your love and, and your comfort. And pray for the people in Somalia. Some bombs blew up over 100 people last night, God. It's just it's so hard to see this time and time again, and we just need to continue to share the good news of Jesus, that you love us, you love this world, you love this country, you're not through with us yet, God. You have great plans for us, and we get to be a part of that transformation. So thank you, God, for your willingness to use us and to plug us in. Help us to find out what that is, God, and to serve you joyfully with all hands on deck. In the holy name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.